When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Copa with Felipe Cardenas. My guest today is Andres Cantor. You may know him if you're an American friend of mine as Andres Cantor, but Andres is a member of the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. He's also a six-time Emmy Award winner. He's the voice of the Premier League on Telemundo. He also calls Liga MX as well as Mexico and U.S. men's national team games. This November, Andres will be the chief commentator for Telemundo, which is the exclusive Spanish language home of the World Cup in Qatar. Andres, welcome to the show. That's quite the introduction. It certainly is. Thank you, Felipe, for having me on. I'm a big fan of the athletic, and it's just a thrill and an honor to be here. Well, I didn't even mention that you're also uh, an American pop culture phenomenon. You will always be a part of American pop culture, be, not just because you've been a household name since ni- the 1990s, but you were on The Simpsons. We always bring that up because I, th- I think it's incredible. It's, it's amazing that anyone would consider me part of uh, the pop culture because of my cameo on The Simpsons, but uh, it's, it's, it's just awesome to have had the chance to be there uh, doing that episode and and doing all the non-soccer related uh, things that I've done throughout my career, like, you know, the, the cameo on Speed Racer and so forth. So thank you. It's, it's really, it was really fun and it's, it's still really fun because people keep bringing it up, bringing it up. I mean, it's, it's on your Twitter profile. I see it all the time. I, I, I mean, I would keep it there <laughs> for life. I mean, that is an incredible achievement, no doubt. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh it was fun. It was really, really fun. And uh, it's something that, you know, they, they like they say, uh, if you make it on The Simpsons, you might, you must be big. So I guess, you know, that's why I, I thought it was just very, very funny. And yeah, I do have the, the picture of myself on the on the Twitter feed. Well, uh, there's a lot that I want to cover with you. Obviously, uh, I want to get into Telemundo's coverage today as we speak. Uh, Telemundo announced what I think is an absolutely star-studded list of men and women that will be part of the coverage in Qatar. Uh, You will be alongside Manuel Sol, who is your lead analyst. Uh, But let me just rattle off some names here for everybody because this is this is incredible this rivals any english language studio team it's a long list so i won't i'll just name some of the the highlights here but there's one that i'm going to save for last because i can't wait to to hear your comment on that but let's start with uh, fernando yerdo the former real madrid and spain captain mauro silva who's one of the best defensive midfielders brazil has ever produced Maxi Rodriguez, we all know him. We remember him from his epic goal against Mexico at the 2006 World Cup. That volley is probably one of the best goals in World Cup history. Uh, Diego Forlan, 
I mean, this can't get much bigger than that as far as Uruguayan legends. He was the 2010 Golden Ball winner at that World Cup. And his teammate, who I honestly cannot wait to hear, El Loco Abreu, Sebastián El Loco Abreu, who can forget his panenka at that same World Cup against Ghana. And then, Andres, last but not least, I mean, there's a long list here, but Miguel El Piojo Herrera. El Piojo. I mean, that is must-see television right there. Is, is he going to say anything nice about Tata Martino? Uh, we shall all tune in and see. I have no <laughs> idea what uh, his agenda will be. Uh, obviously, he will have to say something nice about Tata Martino uh, as long as the team gives him something to say something nice about it. Um, so, yeah, he's very outspoken. He's a feisty character. I just look forward to having him and all the others and, and then some that you mentioned uh, in, in our broadcast. I think the beauty of this is that we have assembled not only a star-studded World Cup roster team of broadcasters, but uh, ones that fill every soccer roster position. So if there is a mistake made by a goalkeeper, we will turn to Oscar Gonjo Perez and ask him about why the goalie might have made that mistake. If, you know, it's a center forward missing an open goal, uh, we will turn to Carlos Hermosillo or to Diego Forlan or to Loco Abreu. Uh, I am pretty sure, Felipe, that we will have a lot of controversy with VAR. So we have not one, but two uh, international World Cup referees in uh, Horacio Elizondo, the you know, ref the 2006 opening and World Cup final in, in Germany, and Jaime Herrera from Mexico, who happened to be the first Mexican to ref in the MLS. So we're going to have a lot of fun with the incredible amount of uh, talent that we will have on our broadcast roster. I mean, Elizondo, Horacio Elizondo, he sent off Zidane Zidane in that final against Italy. He's very well known. He's been part of the coverage for the, the past term as well. Just very well spoken. Uh, it is, in my opinion, just a great lineup. And I think personally, Andres, you know, it speaks to the power of the Latino audience in the U.S. And not just the, the, the number of uh, viewers that are going to watch this World Cup in Spanish, but their expectations are very high. It's, it's, I think that speaks to the commitment of Telemundo to get the best people possible. And I didn't mention Tab Ramos, who I think is very good. You know, I know he wants to coach, but he has a future as an analyst as well. I don't think he's going to struggle to pay the bills if he doesn't coach. But what does that speak? What, what, what's your opinion on the expectations that are placed on this team during a World Cup? I think, like you say, Felipe gets higher than the bar keeps getting higher and higher after each uh, World Cup. 2018 was the first one we did for Telemundo. Now comes 2022, and, and we are you know, pushing the bar that much higher by the fact that we're bringing in all these people, and we want them to connect with our audience. We want Tab Ramos to tell our U.S. Uh, national team followers uh, how the U.S. national team is, is playing. Uh, we want Fernando Hierro to address, you know, how Luis Enrique, former teammate of his, is um, is doing. So we will do, you know, what we do, which is, or in my case, do the play-by-play -play with, you know, my my style and my passion 
for the game. And then we will have this interchange with the experts, not only during, obviously, the, the game itself, but on all the other studio shows that we will have and on digital media. Uh, I think it will be an enriching experience for the Spanish uh, dominant fans. And I invite, of course, all the non-Spanish speakers to watch uh, Telemundo, Universo, and Peacock because, uh, you know, we do recognize that people like the way, at least the, the, of the 90 minutes, that they, they like the way we, we call the games with, with as much passion. And uh, I think, you know, it, the game itself transcends languages and, and people switch over and, and watch our coverage. And we, we anticipate a lot of people watching Telemundo regardless of language. No, I've, I've written about that recently. And, you know, I, I have friends that comment to me personally and say that I, I would rather watch in Spanish because of the emotional aspect of it. You know, me personally, I, I love the Premier League coverage on Telemundo because it gives me that. The Premier League, the best league in the world, it is nice to mix the product on the field with Spanish commentary. I think you you do you do a great job as well as just sort of bringing that energy. And I know that people that I that, that I'm close to that don't even speak a word of Spanish know you. They remember you. They tune in to hear you. So that's quite the compliment. Um, Andres, I want to ask you also. You and I have spoken before about just Qatar as being like a very unique World Cup host. Um, you know, controversy aside, uh, ever since they they won the bid, we knew it was going to be unprecedented. We knew it would be controversial, and I think all of us that are going to be in Qatar will cover those situations. But just most recently, you know, FIFA news broke that FIFA is considering pushing one of the, the opening game back. A day, and so instead of starting on the twenty-first, which was Netherlands Senegal, uh, FIFA will try to maintain the tradition of the host nation playing in the first game. That would be Qatar against Ecuador. In your opinion, is that does that why why make the decision so late? And should viewers be concerned about any sort of organizational aspect of this tournament, or once it kicks off, are we just going to enjoy the football? Uh, First of all, I have no idea where that was that that came from, uh, and why it wasn't thought about before. Because I mean, to be honest with you, uh, it doesn't look good that they make the change a hundred days out. But in practical terms, it makes a whole bunch of sense to have the host country open the World Cup a day earlier with an opening festivity, opening ceremony, and so forth. Why didn't they do it that way? Uh, beforehand and announced it when the World Cup draw was held in, on April 1st. I have no idea. What made them change their mind? I have no idea. I can't speak to to something that uh, I do not know. And I don't think really it alters uh, too much of anything. I'm sure the Netherlands and Senegal will not say the same because they will have a lesser day of rest before they get to play their second match. That is really the only, in, in my humble point of view, besides the PR aspect that why are you changing the the first game 100 days out? I think the only complication is for Netherlands and and uh, and Senegal that get a day less to, to rest than Qatar and, and Ecuador. Um, other than that, I think it's going to be uh, a very well-run World Cup. They already have you know, major competitions there, the Arab Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, this will be a, a total different animal with a lot of people 
a lot of people that hopefully will um, behave or write, uh, taking in consideration that for the first time in history, one of the different things that this World Cup has in regards to, to the other, that every person that travels to the World Cup will be based in pretty much the same place. A big, big city with different municipalities, with different neighborhoods, but they will not travel, you know, Colombian fans travel to see their their matches three times in Russia. So they were all, all fans, all tourists to the World Cup were never in one place for as long as, the, as they stayed in the World Cup. Right. So hopefully, you know, the Argentinians will behave very well when they get across the Brazilians on, on, the, on the other side of the road. And the Mexicans will behave all right when they see the U.S. national team fans uh, on the other side of the street. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's going to be just a great, great party. The, the stadiums are, are awesome. They're all within reach yeah. for the fan who is going to attend. I mean, when when else in history will you able will you be able to watch two to three games in the same day if you can afford them, obviously? But from a logistical standpoint, just think about twenty twenty six. Go from Seattle to Miami and watch the the same game, uh, two games in in one day, impossible. So, it, it, from that point of view, I think it's going to be awesome. And, and you and I have discussed before as well why I think it's going to be awesome from uh, a player's perspective. You know, the rest that they will have, mm -hmm. they're going to be almost peaking in in their prime of of the season. Uh, they will be much more rested than before. They will not have to travel travel themselves anywhere. They will be in their base camp uh, as long as they, they they stay in the tournament. So, uh, from a practical standpoint, I think this World Cup will be awesome. It's you mentioned some of the conversations we've had in the past, and you know one, one thing that I remember when we spoke over the last few months. Whenever I bring up Argentina and their chances, uh, you know, I can tell you're a little bit excited, but I can also tell you're like you pump the brakes a little bit. The last time we spoke, I asked you specifically about Lionel Scaloni, uh, the young upstart manager for 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 Argentina, who I who I believe is now speaking of pop culture. He is himself a pop culture icon in Argentina. There's the famous La Scaloneta, which is just it's an unstoppable train of confidence do you are you jumping on board that train right now how confident are you in their chances I, i'm glad you know what la scaloneta means because uh, <laughs> every country has adopted that thing that i don't know honestly i don't know what it means and it doesn't make too much sense to me but um i've never abandoned the argentinian train because i am argentinian and when my national team plays it's i'm there for good and for bad um, I'm cautiously, uh, como se dice? Uh, let's mix mix in some Spanglish. I'm cautiously optimistic about yeah. uh, Argentina's chances. Uh, obviously, they are they have a very long unbeaten run. Uh, they're playing very well. You know, they won Copa America over Brazil in Maracanã, which took off. You know, a lot of uh, load of everyone's back. Uh, and and I, and I include the fans mm -hmm. because the, the fans were so so harsh on on the previous teams that reached three finals like it were easy. But you know all the Argentinian fans don't expect their teams to reach the finals. 
they expect them to win the finals. Uh, but it was a, an enormous feat that, um, you know, Messi, Mascherano, Higuain, Di Maria, that generation did, but unfortunately came up empty in terms of, of titles. So now that is, uh, that chip is off their shoulders. And we will see. They, they have to play against European teams. They, you know, they beat Italy uh, June 1st pretty handedly. Pretty, but, very handedly, I might say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it was a different Italy coming off the, you know, the the elimination of the World Cup. Uh, so we will see. I think Argentina has as good a chance as as they always have in in World Cups. Uh, I I'm pretty sure that if we go back to videotapes, I said the same thing about San Paoli's team in in Russia, <laughs> and I was dead wrong. So you know how it is: seven games, game by game. The first final is against Saudi Arabia. Uh, you have to win convincingly. You have to go, you know, in crescendo to get to the seven, hopefully to get to the seventh game in the best shape and, and with the most confidence. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I just think the phenomenon is is fascinating. You mentioned the, the fans in Argentina are so hard on their national team and on the players. And everything changed. Everything changed when they won the Copa America. It was like they became heroes and everywhere they go, they are lauded and, and applauded and they're, it's a close knit team and everything that we've discussed over the years about Lionel Messi, just needing this opportunity to have the right moment, the right coach, the right team. Uh, you know, how big a tournament obviously is this for Lionel Messi? And is there a favorite Messi moment that, that is stuck in your head uh, while, while wearing the Argentina shirt? When I mentioned that, well, for Messi, definitely, I, I think he, and you can see it in his face, you can see it in his everyday life now in, in Paris, winning the Copa America has meant so much because he owed, he, he thought he was in debt with the Argentinian. First of all, I'm pretty sure with himself, but most definitely with the Argentinian public and winning the Copa America again in Brazil, against Brazil, in Maracanã. Uh, really took off a lot of weight off his shoulders, a lot, a lot. So he's like a, a relieved man now, and anything can happen. His uh, his game has changed. Um, you know, he could be a goal scorer as a, as a good playmaker now. He can drop back more and, and not have the explosiveness to finish the same play uh, as long as he's, uh, as he's got options either with Lautaro or Di Maria or whoever he plays along with. So, yeah, definitely this could be very beneficial for, for Messi. And, you know, I think all the fans, I, especially the coaches, 
um, are watching the new seasons develop and, and with the expectations that the players stay healthy, that they do well, that they're physically you know fit and that they have match fitness come November. Uh, like, I mean, I'm going to share with you something that happened to me the other day while I was enjoying the great <laughs> bicycle kick goal that he scored. Yeah. I'm going, please, you know, just <laughs> f- put your two arms very firmly on the ground and, you know, don't dislocate your shoulder or bring your elbow coming down because it wasn't worth it. The game was already was against Grenoble. No, well, I forget what the name of the team was. It doesn't matter. Claremont. Yes. Claremont, yes, yes. First, first match. Um, so I was playing, you know, <laughs> come down and, and pick yourself up until Neymar went like this to pick him up. I think it was Neymar. So thank God he's, he's all right. So I, I think that is going to happen a lot from here until November. Not only with Messi, with you know all the players are slated to be part of their World Cup rosters. No, I hear you. I'm sure every citizen in Argentina and around the world is thinking: wrap him in bubble bubble tape. Don't let him get hurt. You know, I've always I thought I feel like PSG and and and, and Ligue 1 and being in Paris might be good for him this 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 time around. Like. I don't know. The expectations are a lot different there. Uh, he looks like he's finally settled. He's happier. Uh, I think he's going to show up in great form. Um, what is your favorite Messi moment from, from from his time playing for Argentina? Is there one that stands out to you? Well, each goal he scores is, is very special. I don't have a Maradona moment like with Messi like I did with Diego. Um, but obviously seeing him play uh, you know, for, for good and bad, um, you know, he always stood out. I mean, when Argentina w- w- wasn't winning titles, they were there on in the finals because of him. He carried the teams. Uh, he carried the team in in fourteen. He carried the team. He tried to carry the team in eighteen. He's you know such a such a talented player and, and such a good player to see play. Um, so yeah, every time he scores a goal with the Argentina shirt. It's a special uh, messy moment. Hopefully, I will give you a, a phrase out of the coach's uh, playbook. I hope the next one, uh, the, the next messy play will be my favorite. And I hope the next will be uh, in game seven. Oh, my goodness. I just think the world would just, <laughs> Argentina's world would collapse. It would be amazing. You mentioned Diego Armando Maradona. You know, I've spoken to you for a story that we did last year. Uh, just just right after he passed away, you know, you you always tell me when I say you had a close relationship, you say you, you sort of correct me. But, you know, you, you really did have a unique relationship with with Diego. And while we're at the World Cup in November, we you know, the, the anniversary of his death will take place during that World Cup. I'm sure he'll be celebrated uh, while we're there. But it was really hard on you when he passed away. You know, a year later, almost a year later, has has it gotten any easier? Do you still think about him often? I uh, think about him every day. Uh, the other day, somebody got a hold of my uh, telephone. We were, you know, in a conversation, and somebody saw my screensaver and says, "Look at this guy. We all have our kids, our wives, uh, in the screensaver, and you have Maradona. What's wrong with you?" I say, "There's nothing wrong with me. This is the guy that gave me the most happiness in, in my life after, you know, the birth of my kids, and I guess the day I got married." Uh, and I will, you know, he lives forever in my memory, in my heart. Uh, his anniversary will be the day before 
the Argentina-Mexico game. Yes. So I am pretty sure that everyone will be pumped up. There is a new song that probably will make uh, the top 10 billboards uh, of, of, of soccer chants, which, um, like in Brazil, you know, that Decime Que Se Siente yeah. song became viral within the Argentinian fans. Now there's one that ends saying that uh, Argentina will win it for Diego, who is oh, up in heaven with Don Diego and La Tota. Oh, watching okay. over us. So I'm pretty sure that that will be sung November 25th and that they will go into the Mexico match very well inspired. Watch out, Mexico. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, that that's going to be a special moment. And, and as if Argentina needs any more reason you know to, to show up and win that tournament, they're going to have Diego's memory to, to play off as well. Uh, in 1986, were you at the Azteca for that game uh, against England? Uh, yes. I, I, what do you remember? I mean, I, that's a basic question, but you know, so many people remember Victor Hugo Morales and, and his famous goal call for that for that game. A lot of people don't remember that he's Uruguayan. Actually, he's a legend, but he's a Uruguayan. Uh, worked many years in Argentina, but you know that that goal call lives in all of our memories. You were there in person. Does when you think of that day, do you think of the hand of God first, or do you think of the second goal? Like, how does it go for you? How does it play back in your memory? No, the hand of God is just there, and I have not seen in thirteen World Cups that I have attended a more perfect goal than that was uh, in the heat, in the altitude against England, uh, that England team of the time, which had uh, pretty rough defenders. Uh, I was covering there for uh, El Grafico magazine of Argentina. We were all in the same row. And I remember like every minute, Diego, every step of the way, Diego was going forward. We were like getting out of our seats. And then when he scored, we it was one big hug. hug. We were all crying like, uh, I don't know, magically something had happened to us. Um, and... Uh, and and it was uh and it was just one of those moments that I will never forget in my life. It was just absolutely something else. And the hand of God is just uh was an anecdote after that. I mean, I don't think I've seen a better goal. I, I remember I was I was a child. I was eight years old. I watched that with my dad. My dad being Colombian, I think at the time, Diego was a hero to all of us. He was my first hero, honestly, next to El Pibe Valderrama. But I remember that day. What a goal. What a moment. Uh, and honestly, I am looking forward to, to, to Diego being part of the tournament again. Um, you know, even in, in, in death, but um, certainly just one of the greatest personalities, in my opinion, the greatest player that's ever lived. Uh, Andres, there's something I do with all my guests. We can end it here. It's called the spot kick with Felipe Cardenas, but I, I, I include your name. So this is the spot kick with Andres Cantor. This is basically A or B answers. It's like a penalty kick. You can't mm -hmm. think about it. You've got to pick your corner, be confident, and you go with your answer. Okay, if you, if you waffle, that I think it's basically me saving your penalty. So uh, five questions. I'll start with the first one. We'll, we'll go easy here. Asado or pasta? Asado. Every time. Okay. Spot kick number two. 
if you can you can only choose one version of Diego Armando Maradona, just one version. Are you taking the Boca Juniors Maradona or are you taking Napoli Maradona? Boca Juniors. 100%. <laughs> I didn't ask you about Boca Juniors. I, let me just let's interrupt the spot kick. Is there a crisis at Boca Juniors right now? And is, yes. is, Juan, is Juan Romal Riquelme to blame or, or what's happening there? Uh, there is a crisis and uh, great players not necessarily make great administrators. You have to be prepared. Um, yes, there is a crisis and Riquelme is not doing Boca Juniors a great favor from the administrative side. There you go. There you go. I had to ask you that one. All right, let's get back to the spot kick. We're on spot kick number three. Who will advance further in Qatar, Mexico or the United States? Mexico. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a big answer. Big answer. Okay. Spot kick number four. Will Messi play in Major League Soccer? Yes or no? No. No, no, no chance. Is he going to end up at Barcelona? Do you think he'll go back to Barcelona? I doubt it. I uh, I don't think where he is going to end up. He might. I mean, I, I hope if he ever ends up here, I, I hope he still can play and doesn't come just because he wants his kids to learn English. Um, he has nothing to prove here. Um, and hopefully if if he comes that he comes quickly. He's 37. So, you know, we might enjoy him a little bit if he comes here, but I don't think he'll end up here. Would you like to see him end his career at Newell's perhaps? Um, I think he will decide where, I mean, it would be nice if he could go back to Barcelona, but then Barcelona has transformed itself without him. So I don't think Barcelona treated him very nicely at the end and I personally wouldn't go back but uh, Barcelona would be a nice fitting end to his career okay final spot kick final answer for you what is your score for Argentina versus Mexico I'll speak with my heart Argentina half Mexico zero that's all it takes oh come on come (laughs) on the diplomat quite the diplomat no it's not the diplomat half makes us us a winner (laughs) okay 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 I mean hey it's a big game for Tata Martino they've got to beat Poland because that game game against Argentina it's a huge huge game I think it's one of the biggest group stage games in Qatar Andres Cantor thank you so much thank you so much Andres for coming on the show and I hope to see you soon I'll see you in Qatar we certainly will thank you Felipe take care